0: Welcome to NHI Ignite Your Purpose Inspirational Hour. I am your host, Karam Zafravera. It is through storytelling that our guests will empower you, create enthusiasm, and plant a seed to recognize and peel off the layers to see your true beautiful I am. Our guests will definitely motivate you to take action today to create a new belief and ignite your soul for more of this gift of life. So join us today, here. Tune in now. Welcome back to NHI, ignite your purpose i'm your host Karim, and i am here with a man that i got to meet um, just a couple of weeks ago and he's has become someone that i look up to that um i feel his love and his efforts and his experience through his teachings and someone that i really really look up to Um, his name is sam gonzalez silva hello sam
1: Hello, Kira. How, How are you? I'm better and better. How are you?
0: Better and better also. So Sam, I want to, I'm first of all, I'm so honored to have you here and I am privileged and I feel so grateful every time that you and I get on a phone call and you help me expand and you help me understand and you just have, like I told you, there's a sense of peace that you bring into my heart. Um, it's like this fatherhood um, ambiance, energy and it just it means a lot to me so thank you for just being yourself always um i want to introduce you to our audience um i think it is a privilege and for most of for our listeners that may not know who you are sam gonzalez silva and if you don't recognize the last name silva he is jose silva's nephew and if you don't know who jose silva is he is the one that created the silva Ultramind ESP system back in the 1950s and so this is why I say that we are privileged to have him here and for him to be talking to us and bringing his life lessons to us and aside from this Sam Completed his psychology. Um, he has a master's program. He's also, and, I, and I'm and i going to read here, so I want to make sure that everybody understands, master's program from the University of Colorado on counseling and guidance. And he also served in the Air Force, U.S. Air Force, for 20 20- years. Two years in the electronics technician working the navigational system and computers. And on top of that, he also started, after he retired, he also started his new career in Southern Nevada Adult Mental Health in Las Vegas. And through all this process, he's also been lecturing and teaching the Jose Silva Seminar since 1980. And this is where I have come to know Sam i decided this year that i was going to learn more it caught my attention and i usually go with my intuition and it caught my intention to learn more about the silver method and somehow the universe brought us together and you and i and i have taken his course and going on a second round with his course but i have the privilege of having you here so thank you sam for being here Thank you for asking me to be here. Appreciate yes. it. Oh, it's awesome. So, so as my guest, I usually ask Sam, what I usually ask is talked, let's have a conversation about a season in your life, a circumstance that helped that you found yourself really stepping into a higher version of yourself, which leads to being the person that you are today. And I know that our conversation is going to be a little bit different because you have the experience, the knowledge of the Silva method. And for our listeners that doesn't know what that is, you're going to learn a little bit more about it today. But I'd love to hear your experience and how you have applied it. And where have you seen those obstacles in your life?
1: Okay, well, let me. First day that uh, was my uncle, did some research from 1944 to 1964 and developed the first seminar, which was called the Silva Mind Control Method Mm -hmm. in 1964. Okay. Okay. Um, During his research, so uh, when I was 12 years old, I was one of his research subjects. Uh, But then, unfortunately, time went by, he developed it. Totally by 1964, and in 1956 I joined the military. Mm. So I kind of was taken away from the picture for a while there, and I would come in another picture whenever I'd come home on vacation leave. Right. I would always see him, and he would update me as to where where they were in the on the research. So in 1964 he developed the silver mind control method, and he felt that it was something that could help every human being on earth. So he decided to give it to the U.S. government. So they could present it in the best ways. He felt they could do it better than he could
2: because mm-hmm.
1: he was one person, single man. Unfortunately, the U.S. government came back and says, "Thank you for your research, but we're not in need of that type of research at the time, so we're going to file it for mm. now." He felt file it. They're going to put it in file thirteen, which means a trash can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So by this time, time had gone by. And in 1966, he decided to go teach it himself to different people. Well, between 64 and 66, a lot of people heard about it and that. And uh, they started, uh, researchers started to uh, challenge him about what he was saying that they could do. And they would challenge him saying, "Now that's not right. You're wrong. Well, he proved every one of them wrong. Mm. He, he was right on what he, his teachings were about. So in 1966, he was invi- He uh, was asked to come to a uh, university in Texas, I don't recall the top of my mind right now, to teach his method.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: I might add, that Jose Silva never went to school. He never even graduated from kindergarten.
0: That seems so yeah. insane. Mm. Here's the first
1: time he to set foot in a school, and it wasn't to learn, but to teach. And what they what it was, it was uh, some uh, students that were art students and they wanted to know if they could uh further develop their their creativity. Because it was it used to believe it used to believe that either you had or you didn't. Mm-hmm. So he when he finished his class, they found that, uh, yes, they did increase their creativity abilities. So then he proceeded from there. And what he really wanted to teach back in 1964, 66, was the uh, ESP, because that's what totally developed and changed his whole VNS as, as to what he was researching. But back in 1964, 66, as he were to tell people, i want to teach you ESP, he wouldn't have nobody in class because ESP was taboo. He originally started his research because he wanted to teach his kids how to further retain information learned. That was that was his main thing. That was what his research was all about. And one day, uh, and he taught uh, he taught his children. Uh, how to relax, he tried hypnosis, he tried different methodologies, and they didn't work. So he thought, well, I wonder if I just teach them how to relax on their own, then they can retain information that they heard or read or whatever. So he used to teach his kids, So he taught them how to relax, and then he would teach them a lesson. Then then he would get back together with them two, three weeks later and question them, test them, on what they had taught them to see how much information they retained, you know? And one day he called his daughter, Isabella, and uh, he knew what he was going to ask her. But before he even asked the question, she answered. Wow. And it was the right answer, or the right question.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: Jose uh, was also a genius in electronics. Okay? So he decided, well, what's going on here? I haven't said a word. So then the thought came to his mind that maybe the brain was a receiver transmitter. He transmitted to her. She was receiving it, but she answered in the only way that she knew, and that's through our five physical senses, you know, right. That was every day. Okay, So he decided to branch off from what he originally started his research on to, uh, was it possible to increase somebody's uh, intuition, psychic ability? So he connected with Dr. Ryan from Duke University and asked Dr. Ryan, Was the possible, because Dr. Ryan was doing research on the psychic. So he asked him, is it possible for somebody to teach somebody else how to increase or how to uh, be able to be psychic, intuitive? Mm -hmm. And Dr. Ryan came back and said, no, that's not possible. A person is either born psychic or they're not. That's it. Nobody Mm -hmm. can teach somebody else how to do that. Well, Jose was a little stubborn. He thought, well, he didn't tell tell, uh, Dr. Ryan that. Isabel was his daughter. He didn't tell him that she would never do this before, prior to his teaching her uh, how to meditate and that. And uh, so that time, that's when he decided to gather 39 children from around the neighborhood, and that's where I came in. And he started using us uh, in his that's research.
2: Yep.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd normally say he used me as a guinea pig, but not
2: <laughs> Yeah,
1: okay. Uh, he found that all 39, children were able to do the same thing as Isabel did. So That's he decided he decided that either all naturally born psychics came from around his neighborhood and came from Laredo, Texas.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Or if it had to do with what he would do to teach him how to develop that. Mm-hmm. So that research switched and he really got into studying that. And um and basically all Jose did basically was studied everybody else that was out there different psychologists, psychiatrists, et cetera, et cetera. He studied them, and if he if he could uh, re- repeat for whatever they were doing, then he felt it was good. and so so that's how his research went. And then what he did, he put it all together.,
2: you know? wow.
1: yeah. like the one thing like the one thing I just when you asked me, how are you? I said better and better. That came from Dr. Emile Quay from France. Mm-hmm. Okay. you know, but, like I said, he studied everybody. Else. I came from a Way from France who was a psychiatrist and an m d And back in that time,
2: uh you know, people wondered if psychiatrist knew what psychiatry was, but <laughs> um, so so he decided, okay.
1: So Dr. Milkway, he documented all his cases where he would tell his clients for them to say every day, every day, every day in every way, I'm getting better, better and better.
0: Every day in every way, I'm getting better and better. Yep. I started saying that since I met you.
1: And then uh so his clients did that. And his clients either overcame their illness or reduced their medications where they did not need as much medication to overcome their illness. Wow. So it says, okay, that's, that's good. I'll put that in my program. Well, he felt he needed a triggering mechanism because people, you know, they fail, they forget to say it. So he, he thought, okay, what he was going to do was to his students tell them that whenever somebody asked him, how are you, for them to say, better and better, better. every day and every way, which is the same thing.
0: Hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So he used that as a trigger mechanism, and I've been I've been saying that. So that
0: trigger mechanism. So when we say better and better every every way and every day.
1: Every day and every way.
0: Every day and every way, we are then. It's almost like sending our g our internal GPS.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: A sign oh. the knowledge of okay, we're getting better and we're getting into the state of ease and grace with the process like in the state of yes i understand what you're saying meditative like more of a calming state right mm-hmm. well
1: what what dr milkway thought his way of thinking was that the hierarchy is that the mind is in control of the brain, mm-hmm. and the brain is in control of the body and if you can convince the brain that you're getting better Then it would trigger the immune mechanism to heal
2: your body. Absolutely.
0: It's what yeah, absolutely. That's that's the auto suggestion. That's what we talk about, the auto suggestion to allow for to impress in our subconscious. Exactly.
1: So that's that was one of the researchers that he researched and he worked. And he thought, okay, I'll put it in my program, that his program. And the same thing applied to all different techniques in that. Okay. Then he found as he was doing his research, now all his research was done with kids, no older than fourteen, no older mm-hmm. than fourteen. So it was done with children. Children are not contaminated at that time. You ask them something, you question them about something, they'll tell it. They'll say, it, you know, mm-hmm. they could because because if they're experiencing it, they're going to tell you. But just because you don't experience it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist within us. So the, the fact that he did all his research with children. Allow them to accelerate a lot faster than Dr. Ryan. Dr. Ryan was doing all this research with adults.
0: Mm-hmm. Because there's so much baggage, and, and and you know, yes, so much baggage that comes with adults. We already have experienced so many different things. So
1: And in our belief system, you know, one of the things uh, that we are taught is not to be wrong because you're going to be criticized, will to do
2: whatever. Mm. Yes.
1: It'll make you feel bad, you know? Mm -hmm. So when you're dealing with the mind, you feel that you're making things up.
2: Mm.
1: And that's why people don't say what comes to their mind. Because they say, oh, I'm just making that up. I'm going to be wrong, you know?
0: Right. Defensive. Yes, they don't listen to the intuition. Mm -hmm. Right.
1: Exactly. Mm -hmm. And then we get stuck at the beta level, which is the physical world. And use our five senses and that's it. Yes. Mm -hmm. But keep in mind our five senses are limited. Yes. There's limitations. Because we can be talking right here, and if I walk away, you're not gonna see me anymore. Mm -hmm. You're not gonna hear me anymore. You're not you know, but in a spiritual level, which is the right brain hemisphere, yeah, there's no limitation. The only limitation we have is the ones that we put on ourselves.
0: Right. It's the belief that you have. Exactly. So good.
1: Okay. And then where Jose Silva developed this method, where he'll guide you, we guide you in a step-by-step procedure, so you can continue to develop the right brain hemisphere to work in concert with your left brain hemisphere, which is the physical level,
2: uh-huh.
1: to solve problems regarding health, relationship, and business. And when you have those three, you have You covered everything. And, uh-huh. and the amazing part about it is that. Every human being is born with two hemispheres. But the way our school system is set up, okay, mm-hmm. they allow you to develop the left, which is logical, and do not allow you to develop the right.
0: Which is a creative mind.
2: Which is a creative mind. Mm.
0: And
1: then they put these packets together, knowing that everybody has the right brain hemisphere.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: whenever a person comes to my class, I know they're going to learn because I have all the equipment necessary. <laughs> Well, am going to guide them to further develop that right brain hemisphere that they left behind at approximately age 14. At age 14, we become adults. Women can bear children, et cetera, et cetera, at age 14. That's when we transfer from being creative to being logical, because that's what
2: they teach us to do. And then we get stuck there. So good. So good.
0: And... In this process, you said he then he he ended up going to the university to teach. How did that come to fruition for him? At one point, because I remember you speaking to me in regards to um, showing proof of what he actually um, produced, and he had his daughter and and the students waiting outside of. With the interviewer or the appointment that he had,
1: that: in the two-year period that he was waiting for the government
2: mm-hmm.
1: that's what they were going to do with it. Word started getting out about what he was doing. okay. okay. Word started getting out, and of course, every psychologist, psychiatrist and medical doctors and all that that uh, he was wrong. It didn't mm-hmm. work that way, the way he said. So one day, Dr. Mackenzie from the University of Texas in San Antonio Medical Center
2: mm-hmm.
1: invited him because Jose Silva says uh, the best place to solve problems is when you put the brain at the alpha level. The brain produces four major brain rhythms, beta, alpha, theta, and delta. Mm-hmm. Beta deals strictly with the physical world, alpha and theta deal with the spiritual level, with thought, the thought processor, Mm-hmm. And Delta is a deep sleep, and we have no conscious awareness of Delta. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Jose says the best place to solve problems is an alpha. He had been, it was believed at that time, that the only place to solve problems was a beta, because that's where you take action. Exactly. So they challenged Jose. And they challenged him to come over. They had all this elaborate EEG, electro equipment. And uh, they said, okay, why don't you come over and prove it to us? So I said, okay. But mm-hmm. so he went, and they hooked him up, and they say, okay, uh, okay, Jose, produce alpha. He produced alpha, and they were monitoring this, okay? Yeah. And then they gave him some problems, and he solved them, and he maintained alpha. Not mm. pop up to beta like they expected him to do. Mm-hmm. So they said, uh, you know, we measure everything on a bell curve, right? Right. That's a bell curve. You got people on this side, you got people on that side, and then you have the main people that uh, meet that criteria.
2: Uh-huh. So
1: I said, uh, okay, Jose, then you, you're you one in a million that can do that.
2: <laughs> so Jose says, uh, I'll tell you what, I have my son outside in the car. I taught him how to do this. You want to? Test him out. Yeah. So, they said, sure, bring him in. So I brought him in.
1: They did the same thing, hook him all up. Said, okay, Tony, produce alpha. He produced alpha.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: then they gave him some problems. He solved them. He maintained alpha, the alpha rhythm of the brain.
2: Sounds so good. Mm-hmm. So
1: at that point, Jose says, I got more graduates, more people that have taught, you know.
2: And Dr. Mackenzie says, I'll tell you what, why don't I pick some people? Then you train them. Then I can test them.
1: Mm-hmm. And basically, what he was doing, he wanted to be able to get a before and after. Right. Yeah. Uh, which is which is smart. I mean, that's the way you do research, right? Right, right, right. So this is okay. So you pick the people. Tell me when they're ready. And I'll, I'll come back. Jose so, so was from Laredo, Texas, and Dr. McKenzie was in San Antonio. Only 150 miles different. He just, I'll come over now, train your people. Mm. So they got together they
2: went over, trained the people, 10 people. And after that, they were all able to do the same thing. Every one of them. No failures.
1: Wow. No
2: failures. Okay. And again, because every human
1: being has the equipment that it takes. Mm.
0: We're born with it. We're born, you yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. We're born with it. We're born we have that inner perfection within us. It's just a matter of us, you know, putting away and and resetting the influences, the paradigms, the beliefs that we have.
1: Um, you said the magic word, the belief. Yes. You know, it's like a lot of one strong belief that people get programmed for and I say program because the brain is a computer. You said can't see it it doesn't exist
2: yes like, mm-hmm. well, what can that be yeah. that's wrong yes you know? yeah. just like we don't see energy but yet we have an aura we yeah. have energy it comes out our tips of our fingers mm-hmm. we
1: have energy it comes from the palm of the right hand and collects the left hand okay but you can't see it so people say it doesn't exist but yet it has been photographed mm-hmm yes has been proven that it does exist
0: yes it does it does so good so good so sam <clears throat> in this years like you have a long life of using this method how how have you like have you always implemented the method have you found yourself in circumstances because aside from what you just told us the silver the silver ultra mind esp method is about learning putting ourselves in that alpha state and creating the vision and the life that we desire we claim it in because we're in an alpha state and i i don't know if a lot of our listeners may know that but it's always about the creation process so in your life how much have you used it? Was there a time where you didn't use the method, where you found yourself like forgetting that you actually have these this skill and that you can implement it?
1: Oh yeah, that that has happened. But since I was twelve, I've been meditating every night. Every night I meditate.
0: Since you were twelve, you've meditated every night, <laughs> even while you were uh, in on uh, in service and everything. You always meditated.
1: Yeah. I would meditate every evening before I went to sleep. Wow. Every evening. And I I still do that. Okay. I meditate before I go to sleep. Yes. Um, One of the things about meditation that researchers have proven, not only Jose, but other researchers, Mm -hmm. is that if you spend 15 minutes at Alpha, the meditative state of mind,
2: is equivalent to three hours of sleep. Mm. I only sleep five hours. But because I meditate, I sleep three
1: hours before I go to sleep.
2: Oh. <laughs> because
1: three minutes of the alpha is equivalent to three hours of sleep. Now, keep in mind, though, that I was one of his research subjects when I was 12. Right. I joined the military when I was 19, mm-hmm. which was
2: 1906.
1: 19- he did not develop his whole course until 1964. Right. So I did not become a graduate of the entire process, process until in 1971. Okay. 71, 72, I, was teaching Omaha, Nebraska. I invited one of his lecturers to come over teach the class, and that's when I became a graduate of the Silva method. Okay. Mm-hmm.
2: 1980,
1: I went and became an instructor. By then, I, I retired from the airport. So in 1980, I went to Texas and became an instructor. And I've been teaching it since 1980. In 1997, he developed the Silva Ultra Mind ESP
2: system. Which strictly ESP teaches people ESP. Period. Mm-hmm. And I started teaching the the Walter
1: since and I've been teaching it since 1997. 97. Yes.
2: So now, what? What? Uh, go ahead. All I did. used to that was we have a purpose in life. Mm-hmm. Some people are serving their purpose in life. When you're serving your purpose in life, you enjoy what you're doing. Yes. Enjoy what you're doing.
1: A lot of people do not serve their purpose in life. And that, that entails everything of your life. Your partner, your business, your work situation, everything, everything. And, well, when I was 19, I was going to decided to go to college.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I graduated in 1955 with the and i decided because jose also had taught me electronics that i wanted to be an electrical engineer mm-hmm. 1956 i had i had almost almost not quite two years of college for electrical engineering uh-huh then my fiance and i were getting serious and we i thought we we're gonna get married mm-hmm. get married so i decided well if i'm gonna get married i need a job <laughs> you know i cannot be not working and then support a family. Oh, right. So I decided
2: to join the Air Force at that time. What the Air Force did, it took me away from of Texas. Mm-hmm. took me away from La fiancé. took me away from college. hmm Yes. First thing I discovered was that I was not ready to get, that she was not the right person for me. Hmm. And after I had left, same thing happened with her. She realized that I was not the right person for her, so we broke mutually. Uh-huh. So we are being guided
1: every day. We're being guided by higher intelligence. Yes. We just not recognize it. We do not follow it. And mm-hmm. Had I stayed in Laredo, Texas, I would have become an electrical engineer, and I would have married.
2: My fiance, Mm -hmm. I don't think the marriage would have lasted because it wasn't to be. It wasn't meant to be. So it took me away. Joined the air force. Next thing I know, I have spent twelve years, between ten and twelve years in the air force. Yeah, and I have
1: not been able to pick up one credit hour towards my electrical engineer. Not one, because every time I signed up for a class, the the air force would ship me
2: out. And when I got back, the class was over. So mm. I didn't pick up. Yeah. So I decided, well, you know, I'm working on preparing myself for my retirement. So I'm going to spend tw- 20 years minimum in the Air Force. So that meant another 10 years to start collecting the retirement. Tax. So it was at that time that I started
1: thinking, wow, this first 10 years went by so fast. The next ones. The next 10
2: years, we're going to so go watch just as fast. Mm-hmm. And I probably know in my education. Mm-hmm. So I just as I was thinking, the thought came to my mind, this intuition, that people used to seek me out to tell me their problems. Mm-hmm. And I thought,
1: what was that? You know?
2: <laughs> yes. So
1: then the, the thought came to mind that, well, maybe that's what I'm supposed to do, to help people. Talk people. I, I switched from engineering to psychology mm-hmm. and doors opened up for me. Doors opened up. The Air Force stationed me in uh, Omaha, Nebraska, where it guaranteed me that I'd be there three or four years without going anywhere.
2: Mm-hmm. So I allowed me you to go back, back to school. school. Mm-hmm.
1: So I allowed me to go back to school. So I ended up getting my bachelor from University
2: of Nebraska. Uh-huh. Then I got shipped out and went to Austin, Texas. Well, before before that, let me just go back a little bit. In 1960, I got stationed in Germany. Okay. I had been stationed in Japan and I went from Japan straight to Germany. In 1961, I met my wife. Mm. And I saw her for the first time in my life. I knew that was her. Really? So I was, yeah. Wow. I did not meet her that day. I did not meet her till the next day. And we've we've been together ever since. Wow. Talk unfortunately, about yeah.
1: Unfortunately she, she passed uh, August 24th,
2: 2021. Oh, uh, sorry. COVID. But, but anyway, sixty years of marriage. Yeah. Wow. So it wasn't meant for me to be with a fiancé because she was not the one for me, okay? 60 years of marriage, I think, and happy marriage. So we were meant for each other. Absolutely. So that's what I'm getting at about.
1: We're being guided. Absolutely,
0: being guided. And you know, I want to point out, Sam, because we can look back and see it that way, right? And we can see that we're always being guided, that things didn't happen, and that you were sent out and so forth. And we can see the the gift in the process. But living it at the moment, there's so many people that could have looked at it is like, nothing is working out for me. I went to, I got into the into the military so that I can provide for my fiance. And it all of a sudden it has broken us away. Like people can turn everything around to see what is not working for them instead of seeing the beauty of what is working for them. And yep. did you at that moment in those moments when you realized that she wasn't the one for you or any of those moments where you wanted to do something and then you were shipped or you were moved Did you feel like things weren't working out for you? Like, did you have that mindset at that time? Or were you open to accepting and going with the flow?
2: Oh, keep in mind. Because of my own to what I already knew about the guidance
1: that we were receiving. Mm. I just accepted it and moved forward.
2: Wow.
1: When you start thinking about the other way, mm-hmm. then you put negative thoughts, okay? Right. And you're going to head in the wrong direction again.
0: Absolutely. But that's what most people, right, would do. Yeah. Most yeah. people would say, you know, oh, what is the purpose of me, you know, getting into the military if, you know, the person, the love of my life is now we're not together. And, and so forth. It's just so easy to go that path, but that is the path that the majority do walk through, you know?
1: They use too much logic. Mm. Too much logic instead of just accepting what's coming their way. And that's where people go wrong.
2: is They keep on running to a, 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 a closed door. Instead yes. of looking for an open door. Yes. The one that's for you.
1: You so- follow the you're going to, you're going to succeed.
0: Right. It could be so easy, right? It could be so easy if we just give ourselves that allowance. So when you, so when you made the choice and you actually tapped in, and again, all of this was through what the universe gives us that guidance, that whisper, it says, you know, go through here, um, do this, you know, and you listened, So when you did the psychology, that opened up a whole brand new life for you. Everything started to flow in beautifully. You know, we say that the universe is always teaching us lessons and that we continue to experience the lessons until we actually learn the lesson. And so for you, thinking about going into engineering, because it was something that you learned when you were a child, right? It just seemed obvious for you to go into it. But it's the difference of not asking ourselves, what do we want? What is it that we really, really want? And so for you, all those years was because you still had not asked the question necessarily of what is it that I want to do? What am I meant to do?
2: Right. Precisely.
0: Yes. So good so good so then
2: what happened well uh i ended up on oh, another another incident that happened or thing mm-hmm.
1: or going in the wrong direction uh while i was stationed up in texas um i used to go to laredo and i have family in laredo in san antonio
2: okay uh, and i had an uncle in san antonio that's a dentist He was a professor in the dental school. Uh
1: And so I got, you know, I wouldn't sit him in the lab. And one day he asked me, he says, uh, they used to call me Sonny when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And he still today calls me Sonny. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We met, we met uh, about a year ago and he, oh, Sonny, and he hugged me. He says, to me, you're Sonny, you're not Sam. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. So anyway, he says, uh, how would you like to become a dentist, you know? And I thought, oh, not bad, you know, good money, got uh, he says, what do you apply? So I applied and I got accepted.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And, and uh, here I am, Austin, Texas, University of Texas, so I started my pre-med. What happened?
2: You got shipped. <laughs> <get> me up. <out.
1: laughs> But it wasn't meant to be for me to be a dentist i had already found my purpose
2: my purpose was to help people psychology you know mm. here again we the biggest error that higher intelligence god he she whoever it is made
1: was allowing us to think for ourselves because we think we know better
0: <laughs> yeah our, our human experience yes our human- that will
1: get us in trouble
2: Every time. Every
0: single time. Yes, sir. Um, Sam, so when you, then you finished your psychology major. How did you implement in your path, in your career, this, this skill, the Silva method? How did you implement it?
1: I implemented by helping people and not everybody. Okay. I mean, it's just
2: when I had that thought. Mm-hmm. I was talking to a client. I stay open-minded. I'm a good listener. Good listener. And I stay open-minded. So now I'm listening to what the clients tell me, etc., etc. et cetera. But I'm also open-minded to any thoughts that come to my mind mm. about how I can help this person. Mm-hmm.
1: So I just open myself up and whatever thoughts come to mind, I apply. And I apply using the so method based mainly
2: I teach him how to how to meditate. The Silva has the best, the best meditative program that there is. Every word on his uh, program, every word means something. It was put there for a reason, mm-hmm. and that's called the Silva Centering Exercise. Yes, Silva how it is. It's free. Anybody can
1: go to my website?
0: Yes, I click. know. You have it right on your website.
1: Click, and we click
0: will on... provide we will be providing your website so that they, okay. they want to know more about you and reach out to you. They can. Um, but it's, you know, it's just um, you know, as I've taken your class, and there's there's so much that we, I guess not so much, but it is a lot of information. but Here's the perspective, and this is the human side, right? And I mentioned this to you in our last class. It seems like there is so much, um, and yet it's so simple that it almost feels like I have not learned enough to implement something as powerful as this is in my life. So it's that, you know, that idea of like, okay, what else do I need to know? It can't possibly be this simple. And you have kept telling me, yes, it can be. Yes, it is. You yes, know, it yes, is. yes, it is. Um, allow yourself to tap into that creative. And it's been amazing. It's been a, a really awesome experience. Um, and I feel super proud to say that I can I feel when I get into the alpha. Um level in the alpha stage it's amazing and i know that that's where i can create everything and anything that i want and right. for you to again it's it's so priceless and so the logical side of me says there has to be a catch there has to be something else to it you know and and there isn't So
1: no, there isn't Life life is simple. We complicate the heck out of it. Yeah. But uh and you're absolutely correct. We do teach we give you a lot of information in a short period of time. But that's why you can repeat the class and no right. cost to you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If I can repeat it, repeat. And it's good to repeat because um yeah. when a person first comes to my class, they have something in mind that they want to take from the class. Right. So they're not
2: tunnel vision, mm-hmm. but they have certain criteria that they're looking for, right? Okay? And they take it when they repeat the class. So I've had this happen many times.
1: Now they're more open because Absolutely. now they want to learn more.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I've had them tell me, "He says, why didn't you tell us this last time?"
0: <laughs> I did. I did. You,
1: uh,
0: <laughs> right. Because, because
2: we
1: do have a need for it at the time.
0: Right. Exactly. We absorb exactly what we're meant to absorb at the time that we are receiving it. And that's the power of repetition and auto-suggestion, right? It is repeating. It's going back to reading. Like I, I take a book and I have a morning study group. And I take a book and we'll read it two, three times. You know, and why? Because every single time your level of awareness has expanded and therefore you're ready to receive what you're meant to receive at that time with that level of awareness. And it's the same thing with your class. It's, you know, the, the constant repetition <clears throat> is what is, uh, we grow every single time more. Every time that I speak to you, there is another level of understanding that I obtain, you know, yeah. Um, so yeah, very, very powerful. So you talk about, you started this and um, since you were basically 12, how, and, and this bring it a, a little bit out of my normal conversation, but how incredibly helpful is this for our now, our teenagers, our kids, everyone? You know, we live in this society of, anxiety always we're always questioning our identity we're always questioning our you know if we're questioning ourselves we live in in this level of doubt and fear continuously this method can bring ease and calmness and almost an end to that because you have a way to ground yourself
2: right right And that's that's very, very true. Uh,
1: Remember what I said a little while ago, that uh, at age 14, Mm
2: -hmm. we become become Prior to age 14, kids are very creative. They use their mind Mm -hmm. like no adult does anymore. So if you take
1: age 14 and subtract that from whatever age you happen to be, Mm -hmm. and that's how
2: long you've been working in the logical section of the world. That is... You gave away your creativity. You gave it away. But yet, creativity is the most important one. Mm -hmm. Because it's part of your spiritual senses. You got physical senses, spiritual senses. Everything that you have experienced
1: in your life, from the day you were born. And now there's some research that's being done that says you started collecting the experiences while you were in your mother's womb, okay? Mm-hmm.
2: You have that connection. But let's say from birth, every experience that you have done, this is a computer. Your hard drive is on this side, okay? Mm-hmm. This is a workable part of the computer. So everything you have experienced has downloaded to this site. Which is your creative side? It's your creative side. Now, where people get in trouble is because they say things with their side that they don't mean. It's just a saying, it's just a this or it's just a that, you know? Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, this side, when it's transferred, it takes everything literally. Literally. And like one of the things that people in the United States say a lot that other countries never have, uh they've been there for many countries, is they use the death word a lot. For example, mm-hmm. a person has back problems,
1: what do they say? My back is? Killing me. Killing me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When, you, when it transfers from this side to this side, this side says, oh,
2: okay, you want to die younger. Wow. Mm-hmm. So it takes a day out of your life. And depends how many times you say it, it takes another day, another day. People have programmed themselves to die. Okay. That's, that's just to but, uh, they're not going to live past this age, or so they're not going to, and, and they'll die, you know? So you have to be careful what you say. Wow, that is right. so good you got to be careful. There are certain words that the brain, for some reason or another, does not connect. Mm-hmm. Like the word don't. Right. The brain doesn't accept that word. So when a child going
1: running out the door, you say, don't slam the door. What do they do?
2: Slam the door. <laughs> the door. Because they did not hear the don't. You have to tell a person exactly what you want them to do. And they'll do it. Mm-hmm. There's a, another word, can't. Yes. Can't. You you When you tell a child that they can't do this or can't do that, you're taken away from them. And if you say it enough, they will never be able to do it. Mm. I remember my, my daughter, when she was like three, she said, I want to fly
1: an egg. Normally we would say what? You can't
2: you can't you're too small yes
1: that's not not what we mean what we really mean is here
2: let me help you i don't want to get hurt Mm -hmm. you know it's not that they can't let me help you you know i never use the word can't that's a negative word we have too many of those negative words negative (laughs) thoughts and everything collects here and then they materialize
0: Wow! Yeah, it's so true, and and the reason and and you know it's just and all of it is just habitual. Sam, everything is just habitual. It's just the internal conversations we're having, what we're used to doing, and as simple as what you said, your daughter wanting to fry an egg, we would say no, that you're too young, you can't do it, uh, and in reality,
1: you just used the word can
0: right. You can't do it. Exactly. And so, but in reality, and this is what I wanted to bring into light because you, you gave me this light the other day. It's not that we don't believe they can't do it is that we are thinking we're coming from the, the idea, emotion of fear And the belief that they're too young, the emotion of fear of like, you're too young and you can get hurt. And that's why I say you can't. Right. Right. But it's not because we don't believe that they could. We don't I don't think we even process the fact that we believe that they could. We're just so used to saying there's a a particular age for everything. And so we become these robotic human beings that everything happens at certain stages of our lives.
2: There's a research that was done um, that stated that all children, when they were born, mm-hmm. from, birth, from birth to age four, they're
1: geniuses. Yes. And it's true. I mean, their brain is like a sponge. I mean,
2: they, they pick up everything, everything, uh, you know, they just, just like a little sponge, you know, just yep. picking up information mm-hmm. they can get a hold of. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, from age 4 to age 8, 25% of the children lose that ability, 25%. Wow. By age 12, 50% lose it. By age 16, 75% lose it. And by age 20, only 5% maintained it. Wow. That's pretty,
1: that's pretty sad. It, we're it born, is. We're born geniuses and we become dummies. <laughs> <laughs> but in that research, they said it had nothing to do with Mother Nature. It was all had to do with nurturing.
2: Nurturing.
1: What you instill in those kids, the belief system, this, that, you know? Wow. And you need to watch what we do, what we say. Yes. To those children to continue having that creative ability that they had up to age
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. This is so good for all the parents that have so, you know, right now that have young children um, being able to implement something like this from the very beginning, which is the reason why I wanted to have you on this podcast, because you you know, there's so many, th- that type of information, not everybody knows about it. And if we can make a difference in our children's, we're always wanting to do better than our parents did for us. Um, and if we can make a difference and we can bring a level of peace into their their hearts and their minds with this type of method. Um, and, ima- and, and it's just the opportunity that they open up for themselves. Yep. The opportunity they open up for themselves. It has been so good to talk to you, Sam. What would be the last piece of advice that you would give to our listeners?
2: Uh, stop doubting yourself. Number one, uh, when you get a an intuition comes in different forms, okay?
1: Uh, it can come with a thought. It can come with a don't do this or don't do that.
2: It comes in different forms, okay? Mm-hmm. Learn to accept them and follow your intuition. You will find that you follow your intuition. And I'm sure everybody has experiences. Right. Get
1: a thought. You follow it. You benefit from it. It could be maybe two, three, a week later, a month, we benefit from it. You get an intuition. You don't follow it. Later on, you find out, Had I had followed it, I would have gained from it.
2: So it's too late. It's too late. then. It's not going to happen yes yep. so, so good thank you all of your intuitions and um uh, i guess you'll give them the yes the
0: well one you word? can tell them you can tell them what um go ahead and mention your website where they can reach you sam
1: uh go to silva ultramind or one word the ultramind.com mm-hmm. when you get there it's got the little headlines home uh, still so, so water mind systems, uh, instructor schedule. Go to still water mind systems, click on that, you get a drop down. The very bottom one is called a silver centering exercise. Silver
2: centering on. exercise, yeah. If you listen to that for seven days straight without falling asleep, you become intuitive. Mm. Is that simple? Okay. That's simple when you listen to it you have to be in that erect sitting position
1: don't lay down because you'll fall asleep
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you falling you go into delta instead of staying in alpha correct exactly exactly thank you so much for being here thank you um to our listeners and i hope that this has expanded their minds um giving them another another beautiful tool to help our kids to help ourselves to create the lives that we want. Um, and not and not necessarily walk in fear, but to again, trust that intuition, that inner voice that's always guiding us that infinite intelligence, it is always guiding us. So and if
1: you, you will find that if you follow your intuitions, it will materialize. On it this earth. Will
0: materialize. Absolutely. Thank you, thank you, Sam. I so appreciate you being here. And I know that I will have you back, have further yep. conversations. I think. Thank you for having me.
1: Appreciate Absolutely.
0: it. Absolutely. Thanks for tuning in. Follow us for next week's inspirational guest. You can follow me, Karim Zabravera, in all your social media platforms or email me at leapandbelieve at gmail.com.